Welcome to week two of the Green Bridge Fantasy Sport. As always, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Bridge. And this is the Fantasy Spot. We are talking fantasy and helping to preview and plan for what we should look to do in our fantasy drafts as they are coming up. Now, last week, we kicked it off with looking at the quarterbacks and the tight ends. And since then, we've had some interesting developments with some of the quarterbacks that we know Carson Wentz, he's back in practice. You can do that at your own risk. Um, Joe Burrow, he is still practicing, but he's not playing. That too, you can take a risk on that if you so desire. We know that there are other players and other positions that we can cover. But this week, we're looking at some of the smaller positions, the ones that people don't necessarily look for a lot of points from necessarily. But we know that if you don't get points from here, chances are it weakens your potential for winning. AJ, what's happening, my brother? I'm good, sir. Good. Ready to get into this discussion because I cannot wait for these drafts that we have coming up. Yep. And speaking of drafts, as we made mention of last week, we are still in the process of getting our managers in for our fantasy league. We are still open to more people coming in and saying, you know, they want to be a part of it. We are looking for at most the 10 team league. We were willing to work with it. And of course, it is the two of us and you. So reach out, let us know. And of course, subscribe to the show, hit the bell, and you will know whenever our fantasy spot is on. So, AJ, this week we're looking at special teams or the special teams positions first and foremost now we know that kickers depending on how your league is set up you get points mainly for the kickers scoring points for the kicker who scores an extra point that's one point and then you get three points for the field goal and then depending on the way how the league is set up you can get extra points for the distance that these kickers are kicking from. Now, again, we're looking back to look forward. Now, when we look at the kickers and how they produced for last season and compare this to seasons gone, you will be surprised, AJ, to recognize that your guy, the recognized most accurate kicker in the league, Justin Tucker. He was seventh of, yeah. of all the kickers last mm-hmm. season. And the number one point getter for kickers was Jason Sanders from Miami. So, AJ, when we look at the list here, we have Sanders, Youngway Koo from the Falcons, Tyler Bass from Buffalo, Carlson from the Raiders, and Zerline, who was of the Rams, but is no in Dallas. When you look at these at this top five and compare it to the rest of the list, do you see any great changes with how that top five is constructed heading into this current coming season? Uh, my my prediction to make the top five 
I, 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 I'm looking to see who I think will drop out. But I think Blankenship gets into the top five from that sixth position this year. Though. He's someone I had my eye on from last season. Um, I could not get him in any of my leagues. Yeah, because as you said, you know my guy is, is Jay Tuck. So I usually go for him and, and when when it's about that time in the draft, right? Try to try to to, to snatch him up. Um this this is actually a really good list. This is actually a really good list. I I Greg the leg is usually is usually very um dependent uh, um dependable, sorry, but I think this year he could be the one as, that is that falls out of that five for Rodrigo Blankenship, to be quite honest. Justin, in the case of Justin Tucker, I think that's more to do with his offense just being a little bit more potent with, with um, the ability of Lamar Jackson. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why his numbers look like that. He's still very dependable, but he won't, you won't see him taking as many um, field goals and it's more extra points and stuff now because the Rams getting the ball into the end zone. Right? In the Ravens, the Ravens, 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 Ravens. Sorry, yeah, getting mm-hmm. the ball into the end zone. So, um, but yeah, Blankenship is somebody I would bank on, especially since Carson Wentz is coming. <laughs> since Carson Wentz is is the incoming QB, and we do not know exactly how he's going to perform in this team. I I, I could see him driving them down the field, but we don't know how how often he's going to get that ball into the end zone. But he'll he'll have them in in field goal um, position. Uh, at least, at least most times in, in, in on their drive. So, Blankenship, I feel, is a good call for me to get into that top five. So, I'm looking at this, and I have concerns about a couple people. As you said, Blankenship, he could rise depending on the player of whoever is quarterbacking the team because you never know. They might not be punching the ball in very often, which gives him opportunities to kick. I'm looking at the number one player in kicking for fantasy last season, Sanders. Jason Sanders. I I was shocked, honestly. I was surprised to see Sanders was number one because nobody thinks of Miami when you're thinking of offensive juggernauts and teams mm-hmm. that are going to get the opportunity for your kicker to score points. Mm-hmm. No, my greatest concern where Sanders is is concerned is the play of his quarterback. Because Tua Tango Velo has not been great since he's been in the league. And with him not being great since he's been in the league last season, they were doing a lot of pinch quarterback play, like the pinch hitter. You bring in a hot hand to try to get you over the hump when your quarterback is not the one that was quite doing it. And at least they had Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, Fitzmagic, to try to make some of that happen. Fitzmagic isn't there anymore. So everything now is dependent on the development of Tua. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if I'm confident that Miami and their kicking game is going to be 10.8 points, 172 points on, on this season. Um, so you don't think in the top five at all? Or just I, at, at number one? I, I believe he falls out of the top five, okay. honestly. The top five, according to the list that we're looking at here, um, this is using the 
fantasy scoring from last season from fantasy pros, and they they do it using standard scoring. Sanders had 172 points. The top five, the number five kicker had 153 points. I am not sure that Sanders gets 153 points this season. That that's that's just me. Now, when I'm looking at who could probably replace him, I have my concerns about Blankenship, just because we again we don't know what's going to happen with their quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. I am not confident in Ryan Suckup because as much as it works out that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have brought back all of their players for this coming season, all of the starters for this current coming season, and they're the only team that's ever done that in history. I don't I don't have that level of faith in the goat, and I don't anticipate that Lightning is going to strike twice. So I I don't have it there for him either. The kicker who I actually believe has the best opportunity to raise up this list Mm -hmm. is Brandon McManus from right Mm -hmm. here in Denver. Mm -hmm. And that is twofold. The first one is the altitude. It always allows kickers to kick the ball a lot further. That's why a lot of the records when it comes to kicking in the NFL are set right here in Denver. And then number two, when you take into consideration his quarterback situation, we either have Drew Locke or we have Teddy Bridgewater, neither of whom set the pulses racing. And at least Teddy will be steady all the way through the game. Locke gets hot in the fourth quarter. That means they're not scoring a lot of touchdowns early on in the game, which gives him more opportunities to kick. That's why I normally target McManus when I am looking for a kicker. Interesting. Okay. No, of course, as we make mention, made mention of last week, this is just our opinions. So if you have your own method of how you evaluate a position, then all no. power to you. Yeah. But this is this is our process. We are putting our process out there so you can hear. And of course, it may work against us when it comes to the fantasy drafts this season, but we shall see. We have we have done relatively well for ourselves with our teams, and hopefully that will continue on this year. So we just spoke about the kickers, and then some fantasy games, some fantasy leagues, they include punters as well. So AJ, again, no, this this one doesn't give us anything for the punters. So we're we're literally going now by the seat of our pants. When you think about the punters, who are the punters or what is your method for picking a punter in fantasy? The teams who are in very tough divisions who um, don't seem to be able to get the the ball down the field a lot, who have like inconsistent quarterback play, um, they can't get the ball on the field, so they always find themselves having to like, uh, um, like, like, yeah, they're not in a position to, in field goal range or they don't get it down far enough, obviously get in, into the red zone. Um, and, and, and I'm just trying, I, uh, while, while, while I'm on the spot here, I'm trying to remember, but and I, I, I'm trying to remember who I had last year. 
Yeah, we'll go who I had last year. I mean, I usually look look for those, but at the same time, there are there are some good teams who just have punters who 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 give you good numbers. Like they, they just because just because generally like they may be a bit inconsistent at the quarterback position, right? Um, so even though they might put up some points some weeks, they they might see a lot of the ball, but. The quarterback can't do much with it. The offense can't do much with it. So then it's their job to get rid of it. So um, there are different processes. I, I and, and to be quite honest, let, let, me, let me put this on the record now. I, I do not, I'm not fixed on a punter for the entire season. Like I wouldn't, even if I draft one because they're available at the penultimate or the last round or whatever, or however we do it. I kind of go according to matchup. So, when do you the, stream your punters? I, I do stream my punters for the most part. When, when um, by weeks come around, like if if mine is on it, but it would have to be like a top five punter for me to say, all right, you know what? Let me bench him and see if I can make space for somebody else. Otherwise, I would stream, and that goes for the remainder of the season, up until whoever is I, I picked up, like. If I pick up somebody and he's really good, I'll keep him for a week or two, maybe. If, if the matchup doesn't look right, if, if it looks like somebody that it, their team might dominate, yeah, I'll stream somebody else. Pick up somebody else. I, the, the punter is that kind of position for me. I don't, I don't get too attached. Okay, fair enough. So my process is a little bit different to yours. Mm. I love for the teams that suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I did start there, right? But I was just saying there's a lot more. Yeah, but go ahead. So that actually makes a lot of sense, so it does. Yeah, because if your team if your team sucks, chances are your punter is gonna get a lot of work. So yeah. the way how usually punters get their points, and um this is I'm basing this on leagues that I've been a part of, that we've been a part of. Punters get their points based on their punt average the number of punts that they have that land in the 20 or inside the 10, you may get bonus points for that. And so when you take that sort of stuff into consideration, someone who I have targeted many a time in drafts is Lachlan Edwards. His name I remember. And he is the punter from the Jets. Jets, yeah. Yeah, I remember that name, yeah. And the reason I target him is because the Jets suck. The Jets have been a very bad team, generally speaking, but they've been great for me and punting. So Lachlan Edwards, he has usually been one of the top performers in the punting arena. Another player that I would often target, and I don't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but his my rationale for him was not necessarily because he sucked, but similar to what I just said about McManus, is the punter from Denver because of the altitude. If Even if he is kicking from the 20, if he has a good leg and he's decent, he can get that ball to the opposite 20. So right. with that in mind, then I would be open to taking the Denver punter 
because I expect that he's going to kick the ball far. Now, we may mention in the show yesterday that the Houston Texans, their team is not supposed to be very good. They expect that their team is going to be probably picking first come next NFL draft. So mm-hmm. if they have a punter that can actually kick the ball down the field, then that's somebody that you would think about. You would not think about getting the punter from the Chiefs because the Chiefs are supposed to have one of the better offenses. So when you're evaluating your punter, then you can do like what you do and stream the punter and just get the best punter that's available that week and take whatever points you get. Or you can look at the divisions and say, okay, this team is obviously one of the weakest. Their schedule is also not very good. They're going up against good defenses. That means that more than likely this guy is going to get some work. And when he gets work, I get points. Just something to think about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is a it, it is a solid strategy, of course. But the the I, I mean, the only thing I would say about it is, and it's not that anything is wrong with it. It's just you know, there's there are, there's never really enough to go around uh, when it yeah. comes to those guys. Correct. There's never really enough. So <laughs> so for me, that's why I don't I don't bother to get attached because I don't find that I'm usually in a position or that I want to focus on. Like, yeah, I need I need this punter. When it comes to that position, it is always is always kind of like up in the air. Your strategy is a solid one, though, but I will continue to stream when it gets to like at least halfway through the season. And when the buys come around and I need, to, I need to make some space in that team on my roster, yeah. Fair enough. No, another popular position that people tend to have in their drafts and in their leagues is team defense. No, depending on how the league is set up, you may be able to get... Um, points for sacks you will get points for fumbles for interceptions and defensive scores so my best advice at this point would be to see how your league is constructed and make a determination as to if you want to have um these players in there well if you're going to take defense because they get a lot of sacks and you get points from sacks or if you don't get points from sacks and you just get points based maybe on the number of yards that the team is, the opposing team is able to put up and of course, takeaways. So AJ, when we, when we look at the defenses from last season, the defenses, well, this side, they combine both defense and special teams. I guess it shouldn't really surprise anyone. The number one team defense was the Los Angeles Rams. Then you had the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Colts, the Dolphins, the and the Ravens. They were tied for fourth or fifth, depending on how you look at it. So, AJ, when you look at the defenses and the defensive personnel, because obviously defense is very personnel heavy and also scheme comes into play, do you see this top five repeating? this season and if not who drops out and who slides up who who improves uh this is this is this is kind of hard this one kind of hard i the the top okay so the top two ram steelers ram steelers i i i feel like the ram stay where they are i could see the steelers still being there mm-hmm. so uh, all right let me just to the viewers who who can't see these figures, the top, um, yeah, four and five Dolphins, Ravens were tied at 141 points. And then number six, the Washington football team at 127. Now, 
even before we had this this discussion and uh, we were looking at these numbers, Washington football team is a team that I had in mind when it comes to defense this year, right? Mm-hmm. I did have them as a defense in one of my leagues last year. They were fairly, they were fairly uh, uh, solid in, in terms of and consistent in giving me points. I did not even realize that there was such a gap between them and the team that finished fifth. Because mind you, this is a standard scoring league. Mm-hmm. Um, this season, I, I think this defense will still be as good. And it does help that they're in a crappy division, <laughs> which means they could be getting a lot more sacks. They could cause that defense could cause a lot more trouble. Know that especially Chase Young has had a year on this belt and so on. Um, I ex and who's the guy on the other side? I can't remember whose compatriot is on the other side of him. But still, I, I don't know if they have enough in them to make up that difference based on the defenses ahead of them. Mm-hmm. I I think that the top I'm 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 trying to remember because you just mentioned Miami, I feel like in the back of my mind. Like Miami's defense is not the same that as it was last year, but I don't have enough statistical evidence to prove that at this point. So unless you can bring something else, at this point I will say the top five stays the same. I, I think Washington can at least get closer, and I won't lie to you, right, Ken? Outside of so Washington at six, your Saints are at seven, the Bills eight, the Bucks nine. After that nine, I ain't really confident in many other defenses here. I'm not. <laughs> That's where, yeah, that's, that is, I, I want to get one of those top nine. And then after that, to me, it's kind of like, if, if, I, if I have to draft any of those others, I highly doubt I would. I, I, I feel like I might end up having to stream them as well as, as the weeks go by. I'm not confident in, in most of these defenses past nine, past the Bucks at nine. No, I think that the Bucks are well positioned to improve. Um, like I said, it, there is a lot of things where it comes to personnel and scheme and returning all of their starters on the defensive side of the ball will bode well for them. Um, I am concerned a bit about my Saints being at number seven. We are still slated or expected to have one of the best defenses in the NFL. However, we are thin at secondary. We, we lost quite a bit Um for our corners. So that is something that has me concerned heading into the season, but the rest of my defense is still very, very solid. So the Saints could be round about where they are. I do believe the Buccaneers raises. Um, When you look at the teams in the top five, they haven't really had a lot of change in their personnel. Um, what would have been a big loss for the Dolphins is if Xavier Howard had left, but he is back, so they should still be good. The Ravens, as far as I remember, have not really lost much on the defense as well. They have always been good on defense. Judon, but I can't remember how... how, how I, I, I don't know what Judon's numbers... Because remember, Judon is now at us, at, at the Pats. Yes. I don't know how much of an influence he was in. I cannot remember what Judon's numbers looked like for last year, but um, he's one of the players I know that they lost defensively. Yeah, no, one of the teams that to me was a little bit surprising, just looking at this list, and I'm still like, you have to <sighs> the Chicago Bears. Bears, I, I knew it had to be them because I was thinking the same thing. I was it's thinking like, they had like 19 or something like that. If I remember yeah, the they're 19. 19. They, there we go. Yeah, they had 90 points, mm-hmm. and this is again standard scoring, so this is all about 
takeaways and that kind of thing. The Bears' offense wasn't good, so the Bears' defense was on the field a whole lot, and that probably helped work against them. Mm-hmm. But they can't be 19th this season again. It's not possible. Chicago, Chicago is known for having strong defensive teams, and to be 19th in this coming season, I, I just don't see it. But of course, you know, we must give this honorable mention to the Detroit Lions because if the Rams are number one at 151 points, it would be remiss of us. It would be, it would not be right of us to not give them the credit that they that they are due with 29 points in 16 games. <laughs> Oh, gotta love it. With an average of 1.8 points per game. What I'm what is actually surprising me now that we're looking at this end of this table is that Mm -hmm. the Titans are so low. Yes, that is surprising. I did not, I didn't scroll all the way down here, but seeing the Titans at 26 is wow. Yeah, because the Titans, at least we knew that the Titans secondary was relatively good. Um, compared but it seems like their pass rush was a problem and like they're they're saying that if they could get their pass rush fixed that maybe the titans could even be considered to be a super bowl contender i'm not necessarily as high on the titans defense as that i know Mm -hmm. the titans they they had malcolm butler he is now over with arizona but you aren't that well about malcolm butler anyway the patriot that you are Um, Kenny Vaccaro, my former strong safety with New Orleans, he was with them. I think he's still mm-hmm. there. They had personnel, I guess, they're just couldn't really put it together. I mean, uh-huh. and they lost knew- Dory too, right? Yes, and they lost Dory Jackson. Jackson. So, I mean, when we when we look at like the Texans even coming behind the Jets, and the Jets weren't known to be a very strong defensive team mm-hmm. last season. The Chargers, they, for the personnel that they had, they should have been better. Everybody knew the Cowboys' defense was not very good, and they're, be, they're above the Chargers, the Broncos, the Titans, the Vikings, teams that you would expect would have had stronger defenses. So, it's, like you said, after you get past like, the top 10, I mean, Arizona was 10th, and they just brought in J.J. Watt, who has said that he is tired of playing it safe. I actually heard him in an interview saying that, you know, he is, he, he's not been happy with the tape that he's put on film for the last four years because, you know, like they're trying to make sure that he is healthy and that he plays as far into the season as possible. But he is of the opinion that he should be playing JJ Watt football, which is he's coming full tilt every snap. And well, it lasts as long as it lasts. Um, let me let me I, I, let me actually make some honorable mentions here because so we 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 were essentially speaking of the ones we expect to the defenses we expect to be as good as they were last year, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't, and then we spoke about the surprises like with the Bears being solo and especially the Titans. I I, I think it would be remiss of me to not say that I think that our defense will be better this year. Mm. I think that our defense will be better this year. Um, you know, Bill is a defensive coach. Yes. Um, and he did make some additions to the defense this season. Obviously, we have some players back who um, took the year out due to COVID. So 
I, I, I think that always will. I, I don't know if we're, if we're back to top five status, because like I said, I, I feel like the top five could remain. But I, I think we could, could crack that top 10. And I must admit, I think the Browns could be a steeper defense, to be very honest. I think the Browns could be a steeper defense. Um, the most notable addition, if I remember correctly, was Jadavion Clowney. Yes. You, you have to remind me if they brought in anyone else, but uh, I think he still has a little bit more to give, and their defense was actually relatively good coming coming onto the, the the latter part of the of the season. So they could be a, a team to look out for if you don't if you don't manage to snag any of the the top defenses. I would say the Bones are a steeper defense, or if if they're just lagging around the, on the waiver wire, you know. Um, and you, you, and uh, also bear in mind, you do not have to stick with the team that you drafted. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of the times we draft and because someone's available, we pick him up and then we're like, nah, you know what? I don't really want this guy. I just pull him because so then drop and pick up. Like it, it, you can start as soon as your draft is finished. It's true. And we, we often do that because yeah. as soon as the draft is done, you're looking through your team and it's like, wait a second, where did I pick? You always have that at least one. You always have that at least one. You know what I mean? It's always yep. at least one that, like, yeah, why, why, why did I really take him now? I'm sorry. Yeah, and then you, you move on from him to somebody else. Easily. <laughs> yep. So that is the defense. And then the last one that we are going to touch on for this week, for some leagues, they include a head coach. No, the head coach is not necessarily that you're picking – Bill Belichick, if you pick the Patriots head coach, or you're picking Sean Payton, if you pick the Saints head coach, you're picking the position. And from what I remember, the way how those points are awarded is usually by point differential yeah. in the I'm win. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So if you have a team that um, scores a lot of points, but gives up a lot of points, chances are your head coach isn't giving you much of anything at all. But if you have a team that has a strong defense and they have a very high-performing offense, then you may be in business. So, AJ, for the folks who are looking at head coaches, who are the head coaches that you believe they should target? Um, the number one head coach this year would have to be Kansas City. I feel like Kansas City, if, if you're looking at any head coach right now, it has to be. And again, you're not drafting Andy Reid, we'll just say Kansas City head coach. Mm -hmm. um, but that definitely is the name to look for. Because, uh, like you said, it's, it's a lot to do with like, the margin of the victory. So your team has to be good on both, on both ends to, to get that point, to, to get more points. Otherwise, like a, a win by like a smaller margin would give you like a two point or something like that. But can mm -hmm. let me be very frank here again. This is also one of the positions that I stream, even more so than a punter. Because while you can have like a punter or kicker or whatever it is that, that could give you consistent points week after week, I feel like this position especially is, is a position that, that is based on the matchup. Because you can actually have I, remember, we mentioned the fact that they're not enough like punters and so on to go around. There are even less head coaches to go around when it comes to this, right? So I'm, yes. I'm, mentioning, I'm mentioning the Chiefs, but you know, they hardly have head coaches to go around, Ken. So, based on the matchup, you might, as you say, 
you're looking for the teams that suck and who they're playing every week. <laughs> and pick the head coach that is playing a team that sucks. That that is really what I do when it when it comes down to the wire. Like in the latter part of the season, again, I I I won't do that necessarily from week one if I get a good enough coach. But again, I'm not tied to this position at all. So, like we just made mention of where the defense is a concern. I believe that, like defense is something that you probably may have to, especially if you're heavy on defense for your particular league that's something that you might have to spend some time and research and really look up and try to figure out yeah, yeah but you tend to know which teams are good on offense you don't really have to look that hard to figure out okay this team is actually pretty good especially if you're not putting up 20 to 35 points a game so what i would normally try to do when i'm looking for my head coach i often end up having to stream him too because I tend to not pick my head coach until like the last two or three rounds. Same with my kicker, my punter. Unless I recognize that there's somebody that I really want to target. Mm-hmm. And we're getting a little late. And I think that somebody may try to grab him before I can get there. But when we're looking at the head coach, a good head coach that if you're going to try to keep your head coach for the entire season is a Rams head coach. The Rams have an above average defense and they have an above average offense. That should mean then that when you're playing against weaker teams, that their point differential should be high. Mm-hmm. That said, the Rams division is one of the, if not the hardest one in, in football. So that is six games that chances are these scores are going to be a lot closer. Something yeah. to consider. Yeah. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, we really don't know yet what their office is going to look like because that's based on what Big Ben is able to do. But their defense is supposed to be good. So there will be somebody that will target the Steelers in the draft, but maybe or maybe not. They might not be the best one to go after. Um, To be honest, teams in divisions that are weak should be the ones you should try to target. So if you can get the Titans, because they have the Jaguars, they have the Texans in their division. That's those are games that you could good probably point, guess. Yeah. You could get some good points with. You could look in the NFC South. You could try to get the Saints. You could try to get the Buccaneers because we still have the Carolina Panthers and we still have the um, Atlanta Falcons in our division, who are not expected to be very good coming into the season. The Falcons, maybe the Panthers, not so much. Um, but those are the kinds of things and the kind of teams that you would think about. That's, that is usually my process when I'm thinking, okay, if I'm going to get a head coach and I'm looking to keep him for the season, mm-hmm. then those are the kinds of things I would look for. Divisions where you have one or two teams that are extremely strong and then you have teams that are less than. Honorable mention goes to the NFC East, but you would probably want to get a team that's playing against the East rather than taking a head coach from the East. So, yeah, agreed. Yeah, those are the kinds of things that I would normally consider when we are looking at head coaches. But I kid you not, last year, right? Mm-hmm. Last year in OESVL League, coming down to, it could have been like, it's somewhere in the second half, somewhere in the second half of the season, can't remember exactly where it was. I was just looking to see if the, the head coach I was facing, the Jags or the Jets was free. 
facing the Jaguar or the Jets next week? All right, cool. Stream that. If not, then look for the next best option. But I was just looking for those two every week. Every week. So you, you so you can imagine then a, 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 a manager who is using Europe approach, who was looking at the Dolphins and was thinking, okay, so the Dolphins are probably in tank mode. So I'll just get the head coach play against the Dolphins and then the Dolphins come out. I just beat them. <laughs> well, <laughs> you have to know the teams. That's why you need to look at the teams throughout the entire season, see who is doing what, who has the actual capability and, and potential to be better and who will actually want to be better during the season and then they go from there. But like I said, this is it's, 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 it's a part of the process and I, I won't advise anyone to do it from week one. Even I myself, I don't start streaming positions from week one. Mm-hmm. It, 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 don't, it don't work like that. That's, that's too much to consider and too many roster moves I have to make. But uh, as the season goes on and, and things start to fall in place, then... Yeah, certain positions, I, I feel like it's just better to stream as opposed to like being locked down. Because when the buys hit and you need roster space, like these are the positions that you need to get rid of to be able to bring in good guys. Buys and, and injuries, of course. Of course, of course, because injuries, if there's one thing that can scupper your fantasy league, just like an, a genuine NFL team, it is injuries. Jeez, man. Imagine the guys who had that Prescott last season that were riding high for those first three weeks, and then that broken ankle, that 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 was it. And it wasn't you that had, and you you had McCaffrey, right? You had a run CMC. Mm-hmm. I was injured <laughs> the whole season. I had no worry. I had Saquon. I had Saquon. So I know your pain. I felt your pain. Yeah. At least you had three weeks. Yeah, yeah. At least. So I mean that. We've covered now the less glamorous positions um, for fantasy. Next week, for our final preview week, we're looking at the Hollywood positions. We're looking at the ones with the splash. We left them last for on purpose. The wide receivers and the running backs. These are the (laughs) backbone of your fantasy league. So you would definitely not want to miss that. So, again, our Fantasy League, we're going to be looking to set the draft up soon. Get in. We'll see what else we can do as that progresses. You never know what we may come up with. It It is going to be great. I think... That is a good spot that we can leave it here for this week. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a good ending point, yeah. Yep, so jump in the Fantasy League. This has been the Green Bay Fantasy Sport. As always, that is AJ. He is the Green. I'm Ken. I am the Beige. We will see you next Thursday.